Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Welcome in, everybody. I'm your host, Justin Kinner. We're one month into the season. It's officially December, and conference play tips off this week. In fact, if you're listening to us on the day that this podcast drops, December 1st, conference play technically tips off tonight. Uh, on the men's side, Already a lot of really fun matchups to keep an eye on. But on the men's side tonight, uh, you'll see Oakland at Cleveland State, Robert Morris at Wright State, Detroit at Purdue-Fort Wayne, Youngstown State at Northern Kentucky, uh, and then Milwaukee at Green Bay. On the women's side, only one matchup tonight in conference play, of course. Talked about the men, Milwaukee at Green Bay. On the women's side, it'll be the Green Bay Phoenix at the Milwaukee Panthers. Uh, a fun little rivalry matchup to tip off the conference uh, season for women's basketball in the Horizon League. Uh, so that'll be a fun one, of course. But look, there's still a lot of top non-conference matchups left to keep an eye on for both men and women's basketball throughout the month of December. I'm just excited to get a glimpse of the Horizon League uh, as all the teams, again, just start to beat up on one another here in the early goings of December. Uh, but I like the balance of the non-con games as we start sprinkling in conference play. That's for sure. Again, I'm Justin Kinner, your host, Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Today's show, we're going to take a look at the historic season for Detroit Mercy Antoine Davis, who is just continuing to climb college basketball's all-time leading scoring list. He's already surpassed the likes of Elgin Baylor, Austin Carr, Steph Curry, David Robinson, J.J. Redick, Tyler Hansborough, among others. Uh, but he's creeping up on another huge name. How about Mr. Oscar Robertson? Davis currently sits at 2,897 points. He's 77 points away from surpassing Oscar Robertson, moving him up to number 11. Ironically enough, though, Detroit does play at Cincinnati on the 21st of December. That's five games away uh, from today's date, December 1st. Davis should have already surpassed him by then, um, but it is something kind of fun to think about the historic significance of him potentially tying or passing Oscar Robertson um, at Cincinnati would be pretty unique, that's for sure. As far as where does Davis's historic career numbers fall within the Horizon League scope of things, Antoine Davis is just 18 points away from becoming the Horizon League's all-time leading scorer. He should tie or surpass that tonight in the Mercy's matchup against Purdue-Fort Wayne and the Mastodons. Davis has already etched his name in the Horizon League history books, of course. His 454 three-pointers, and counting, by the way, puts him at the top of that list, and that also puts him sixth all-time in NCAA history as well. Our guest today, the play-by-play announcer, Jeremy Otto for the Detroit Mercy. I'm excited uh, to get to our conversation with Jeremy here in just a moment because we're going to talk about what the historic significance of Antoine Davis's career means for Detroit and the Horizon League. And then when you think about some of the all-time greats that have played on mid-major programs, like you think of Jimmer Fredette, right? You think of Steph Curry. You think of some of the John Morant. You think of these names that have been able to make even bigger names for themselves because they've been able to play on the biggest stage. What's the chances that Detroit can make a run in the Horizon League, make a run to a conference championship, and potentially 
make a run in the NCAA tournament. We get into all of that and more. Here's my conversation with Jeremy Otto. He does the play-by-play for the Detroit Mercy and has had a front-row seat for all of the fun happenings and historic happenings surrounding Antoine Davis. Here we go. Jeremy Otto with us. Uh, Jeremy, first of all, I appreciate you taking time and hanging out with us today. And, and look, I mean, as we get deeper into the college basketball season, uh, the matchups are starting to intensify, starting to heat up. Uh, obviously, with the two new additional teams to the conference, we're seeing some Horizon League play, you know, tip off a little earlier than usual. Uh, but we'll get into that around the corner. But, uh, you know, Jeremy, just tell us a little bit about how long you've been working in your field and how did you get involved with Detroit? And when was, you know, when did you start calling games for Detroit? And, and you know, just kind of walk us through your, your path a little bit if you will yeah i've been calling games for about 12 years um so i first had a uh you know a liking to detroit mercy i guess because i, I used to call high school games there i went i went to ud jesuit um Cassius winston went there just to kind of put a name to the to the school um he was a freshman when i was a, a senior at the school but um so we played our catholic league championships down at callahan hall um, which gave me kind of exposure to Callahan and, and working there and calling games. Um, so that was that was always kind of interesting for me. And then, you know, I, I went to college. I, I considered going to Detroit Mercy, actually, but uh, didn't end up doing that. Um, went a couple smaller college routes uh, in the metro Detroit area here. Um, and then I interned with the Tigers my senior year in college, and um, it, it came out that you know, they, they were looking for a TV broadcaster. I applied and, um, you know, right out of college, I got my first division one basketball job. So that was five years ago. Now this is my fifth season with them. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, when just over the, over the time, you know, kind of building to where Detroit is right now, look, I know the success on the floor is not where this program wants it to be and where expectations for it uh, should be. Um, but it's still fun, obviously, following this program. The one reason I wanted to talk to you today was, of course, there's one speaking point about Detroit that really has everyone talking about the Horizon League right now and talking about Detroit. And that's, of course, the story of Antoine Davis, who in today's college basketball, we just it's going to be rare. We're going to get to the point where records, you know, aren't going to have as much historic value because we're not going to see players stick around long enough to really challenge some of these. So when you talk about a record like the scoring record, um, that's you know, that's some that's some high cotton right there. When we're talking about, you know, think about, you know, the history of college basketball and some of the all time greats. And that's what Antoine Davis, that's what he's doing right now. He's permanently stamping his name in the history books. The scoring record, he's moving up. He came in 22nd all-time. I believe he just passed Tyler Hansborough. I mean, with your time covering Detroit right now, just how unique is this and how special is it? Do you realize how special it is witnessing something that we don't see in college athletics that much anymore just because guys don't stick around long enough? Well, sometimes you you joke and kind of look at the final line and like, oh, he had 26 tonight. That's, you know, that – that's not, you know, his best or whatever, but you kind of have to step back and realize 26. I mean, that, that's that's a good night for most, right? Um, and, you know, whether it, it might be his field goal percentage. I mean, I think it, when you look at his start this year, I, I don't think it's been his best in terms of how he shot the basketball. Um, but he's still, I mean, second in the nation in scoring, I believe, coming into this week in their game versus Purdue-Fort Wayne this week as well. Um, so yeah, I think you really have to step back and realize what he's done and the expectation he has almost set for himself. I mean, when you – score 48 versus Wright State versus a good Wright State team your freshman year, um, that kind of puts your your name out there. So, oh, look, you know, th- this guy's going to do something in his career, which he has. And, yeah, I, I think the, the scoring record is unique. Um, would we be talking about him breaking and passing some of these players if there was no three-point line? Probably. But, 
you know, we, we can nitpick everything, right? I mean, you can look at baseball these days and say, oh, the DH is going to, you know, <laughs> mess with records too. It's just what it is, right? I mean, it, it's not Antoine's fault that there wasn't a three-point line. I mean, he's he's doing what he does, um, and he could, you know, he's shooting 4.3s if there, if there was such a thing mm-hmm. from how deep he's making some of these shots. So I think he deserves, you know, every record he bashes at this point. But, um, but yeah, I think you really have to step back and, and realize the four-plus years that he's put together – um, and, and each and every night, no matter if, if he's on or off, I mean, you can pretty much count on 20 points, which, which is pretty special. Uh, you know, you add the aspect that, you know, he's playing for his dad. I mean, I think that that adds even more significance to it. Look, you know, I talk about this all the time with any coaches we have come on the show with us, or, you know, just any media members like the horizon Lake for the first time in a while, the coaching, uh, is pretty solid. To, and what I mean by that, the coaching is solid in regards to it's settled in a bit. You have coaches who have been with their current programs for quite some time. I, I know, obviously, you look at John Kaufman at Purdue Fort Wayne. You know, Purdue Fort Wayne, they're new to the league, but he's been there for nine years. Greg Campy's been there forever at Oakland. You know, Scott Nagy's in year seven at Wright State. And, you know, Darren Horn's rolling now. And now you look at Mike Davis, who's been at Detroit for a while as well. I know we talked about, you know, Detroit not meeting expectations that everyone, you know, kind of envisions, but they have one heck of a coach in Mike Davis who's proven who's won everywhere that he's gone. Obviously, they haven't won at the level that has been expected yet. But what's your takeaways for the job he's done, not just for one, having the chance to coach his son, but to keep Antoine there um, and, and the job he's done, just trying to put a winner around him? Well, I, I think the the shocking part um I think all of us around the program, you know, who were in tight and, and just, you know, kind of asking around last year, you know, would he possibly transfer for his fifth year just to, you know, maybe get a, a better NAL, NAL deal and just a deal in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it was, it was kind of surprising to number one, see Mike still be there. And then Antoine, you know, entering the portal, because I think that's what a lot of people thought. If Mike left, then Antoine might leave. If Mike stays, it's probably a good chance that Antoine stays to you know, try to chase that NCAA tournament in his last year. Um, but it, it was it was even more shocking, I'm sure, for a lot of people to see him return after entering the transfer portal, which is something that just does not happen um, in today's world. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of the coaching itself, I think he's done a wonderful job of putting a coaching staff around him. Even this year, he's adding Kerry Rupp, um, somebody he speaks very highly of coming over from Oregon State. He spent a number of years there. I believe he was at UEB and Indiana with Mike um, in the last few stops. He does a lot of one-on-one work, one-on-one work with Antoine and, and some of the other players um, on the developmental side, and just helps all the way around. Donnie Marsh, a guy, kind of a defensive guru for them that they added last year. Um, Mike Davis, uh, his son, you know, obviously adding a little bit of wrinkle there too, maybe checking his dad in certain ways, um, you know, because they had that, um, you know, father-son relationship on the other side as well. Um, so I think just the, the staff he's put around him is, is pretty darn impressive as well, and the experience that they bring. Um, just a team this year you look at, I mean, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. It's so many different faces. Um, and they've gelled pretty well. I mean, they've, they've talked about that. Mike has said it's been surprising how well this team has gelled considering how many new faces they've had to bring in. And that's something year after year that they've really had to do kind of, you know, take those players. Um, a catch was a guy last year who came out of nowhere and averaged, you know, 10, 15, a game, eight rebounds a game. Um, Paul Quall a couple years ago, he's, he's playing in the pros as well. He, he's same thing, came out of nowhere. Um, Jaden Stone, it looks like he's one of those guys. He's averaging 18 a game or something. Um, you know, it seems like he's a sure bet for 20 every night now, which is pretty impressive when you couple that with Antoine. So I think, you know, just the job they've done to be able to form the chemistry as quickly as possible for a roster that's had quite a bit of turnover, um, has been pretty impressive. 
How familiar are you with what uh, messages he's received as far as declaring for the NBA draft? I mean, has he done that? I'm, I'm assuming he has uh, just to kind of go get those evaluations. Um, what's the trajectory like for Antoine post Detroit days? Cause we know he's a future pro. It's just a matter of what level um, you know, th- he's a significant talent. We don't see talent like this uh, come through the horizon league very often. And if we do, they're not around very long. Uh, what's the trajectory uh, basketball wise for Antoine uh, post Detroit playing days? Yeah, that's the biggest question, right? Um, the, the shooting is there. The work ethic is there. I mean, this is a guy who takes 2,000 shots on routine a day. Um, and that, that's been something he's been doing ever since he got to Detroit Mercy and something he did even before he got here. He didn't even play traditional high school ball. He was homeschooled to, to kind of train and get ready for the college scene. That's, I think, why you were able to see him burst on the scene like he did, like a freshman out of nowhere, out of, you know, a guy that was committed to Houston and then kind of stolen away. Um, back to his dad's hands when he took over at Detroit Mercy. But I, I think, yeah, like you said, there's definitely a a pro ceiling there. Um, I think he's going to have a great overseas career if that's that's what happens. But I think there's also a chance in the NBA, the one knock that you keep hearing from, you know, scouts that are um, around the program and stuff and just in general is, you know, his size and durability. I mean, he's pretty been pretty durable. He hasn't missed many games over the last few years, but he does get bounced around quite a bit. I mean, teams are triple teaming him at times. Um, double teaming him on a regular, pushing, shoving, um, stuff that, you know, you might not see right off the uh, the hands on film, but for a small, yeah. wiry guy, it, it can build on you as, as the season goes on, as we've seen. Um, but the big thing for him is this offseason, you know, he did gain some muscle. He is a little bit bigger. Um, so the more he can do that and the more he can get to a dedicated strength program, I think he has a, I, I think he certainly has a shot at the NBA. It's just a chance to, it's just a matter of who gives him that chance, I think. Jeremy Otto, play-by-play for Detroit Mercy, hanging out with us, talking about the historic career of Antoine Davis, who were still have, you know, months of the season left. But, uh, we're you know, every day we wake up and more games are played. We're talking about the guys, the legendary players that he's passing on this all-time scoring list. You know, it's interesting. You think of guys like Steph Curry and Jimmer Fredette and John Morant and these these star players on mid-major programs throughout their careers, how they made names for themselves. They've been great players their entire career. They made names for themselves because they were able to to put it on full display in the NCAA tournament, of course. I, I don't know what how likely that is for Detroit, obviously. You know, how good is this Detroit team this year? You talked about how they've been you know, very competitive uh, to start the season, of course, conference play, you know, tipping off this week. But what's the where do they kind of fit in? You know, we know the Purdue Fort Wayne's and the right states of the world, and we know where they come into play, but can Detroit how what kind of team do they have this year? Are they sneaky good? What what can we see? Could is there a shot? Is there a chance that we can maybe see uh Antoine get that opportunity that Jimmer and Steph Curry and John Morant and some of the star mid majors got the opportunity to do in their careers? Yeah, I think there's a shot. They definitely have to stay healthy. Um they they've shown that they're a deeper, I think. They they're more comfortable with bringing guys off the bench. I mean, even in some of these big wins, Ohio, U, I think they're going to be a really good team in the MAC when you really look at it. They're big and physical. Um, Charlotte, they just kind of control the game. Um, they're much bigger than Detroit Mercy as well. I think they, they're a team that, you know, could potentially um, test their conference. Um, but then we've also seen Boston College. That was a game that they definitely could have, and, and they think they should have won um, going down the stretch. And Boston College with, was without some of their key pieces. A couple got injured in that game, but still, I mean, you're competing – um, with a lower level, um, a team in a big conference. But I, I think that was kind of a statement in, in terms of them being able to compete going forward in the league. Um, you know, Washington State, I think it's just something they want to throw out the window. I mean, they, they talk a little bit about their travel. Um, it, it's hard to swallow the 50-point loss that uh, Washington State yeah. was. But um, 
I think you got two wins already, Ohio and Charlotte, that that show you that you know this team is could be competitive. Um, and and I was just looking at the other day in terms of the you know their competition. Obviously, you you have that you know four or five crop of the league right now, but I think you also have a little bit of a bottom half this year in in terms of where there's going to be some wins to be had among some of these top schools. And the key for them, which hasn't been something they've been able to do, is to either reach to that top four seed. I mean, we've seen it a couple times at the end of the year, the last two years, where they had some talent and they had some guys kind of gel at, at the end. I mean, they have have such a good record at home, which is which has been a big part of their some of their winning streaks over the last couple of years. Um, but they got to grab one of those top four seeds. I mean, that, that's a big advantage. Um, they've had to play Northern Kentucky twice on the road in back-to-back years, and it just hasn't gone their way. I mean, two close games, but one they lost at the buzzer and one they just couldn't finish off in the end. So I think grabbing a top four seed is going to be big. You know, can they do it? We'll see how the other teams shake out. I mean, there's, I think four through six is very interesting as it normally is in the league. I mean, there, there's some teams that are going to jockey for that. I feel like, you know, going right down the stretch. Yeah, Jeremy, last thing before we let you go, we appreciate you hanging out with us on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Um, you know, Antoine is going to be remembered for a lot of things. Obviously, his ability to put the ball in the bucket, and, you know, he's going to league, all-time league score. He's going to be one of the all-time leading scorers in the country, of course. But we talked about a little bit ago the decision to come back. I mean, there was Auburn. There was Kentucky. There was Kansas. I read an article that his brother was really kind of pushing him to go, like trying not to let – not go like, you know, don't stay here, but like, hey, you're you're super talented. You know, go take that. Put it on display at a bigger program. How shocked were you when he announced back in April he was going to come back for the final year? I think that, honestly, because I've always got to have a huge respect for guys that stick around. You know, I live in Dayton. I follow Wright State. I don't blame guys like Grant Basile and Tanner Holden for leaving. I don't. And Tanner's doing great at Ohio State. Grant Basile is tearing it up at Virginia. But I always respect the guys like Trey Calvin, who, hey, he didn't bolt. And right now, if the you know, we're looking here early on. He's one of the best players, point guards in the league, if not the best at this point with the way Tanner he has played. I respect the guys that stay. You look at Drew McDonald at Northern Kentucky in years past. You know, some of those guys, Loudon Love stayed for a long time. He didn't transfer to a bigger school. I think the loyalty of Antoine Davis is pretty significant, pretty special. Speak about that a little bit. How shocked were you when he announced in April he's coming back? Um, and did you expect him to come back even at the end of each season? We kept waiting. You know, I thought at one point Kentucky with Calipari, just because Calipari's son played at Detroit, um, Calipari and Mike Davis are close. Maybe that's what prevented that from happening. I don't know. But your thoughts on how this all unfolded? Yeah, I, I think, yes, it was most surprising to see him return after entering the portal. I don't think anybody really expected that. Um, in, in terms of the buzz around him leaving at any point, you know, in the first four years, even in, even in today's world of, oh, you know, everybody translating, I, I, I didn't really um, see that as a, a huge possibility. At least it wasn't talked about, um, you know, compared to other players. And I think it is that, you know, that father-son type of tie um, that kept it here in the end and just, you know, wanting to, you know, build up the program and feeling that, you know, they kind of took a chance on him as, as well as, as a guy that was not very highly recruited. And obviously, as, as your dad coming and, and being the coach, it can <laughs> be a little bit easier maybe than some other places. Um, but, yeah, I think I was the most shocked when he came back after entering the portal, um, just seeing what, as you mentioned, I mean, when you're in the situation like him where there's no guaranteed pro career, um, at least in the States, um, and, and just, you know, Anybody these days, sports, I mean, you can fizzle out so quickly. I mean, you can you can tear your ACL and your career is over because you missed your shot. Um, or, you know, in, in sports like the NFL or the NHL, you can get a concussion after concussion and then your career is over. I think it is important for, you know, athletes to kind of take advantage of that situation of 
you know, getting some financial backing when they're in college and then, you know, hoping that can you know, maybe at the higher level of a, a high major conference propel you to, um, you know, a pro career in some capacity. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I think everybody was happy to see him back. I mean, it's, it's a guy that, uh, you know, you're, you're watching in front of your eyes as one of the best scorers in college basketball. And I think that's, that's something special. All right, Jeremy Otto, play-by-play, uh, does play-by-play for Detroit Mercy. He's had a front-row seat following the historic career of Antoine Davis. He's our guest on this week's you know, Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Jeremy, thanks so much. Man.